this day ranks right up there with uh, the day that we baptized Sam Harding. Sam was another 80-year-old plus guy that got saved. and um, You know, honestly, you don't see it that often. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who say someday, and someday never comes. And I'm thankful that God kept working on Lowell's heart and uh, thankful for his willingness. All right, well, we're going to look together this morning at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. We're going to think about being a new creature in Christ Jesus. And, and so, as we think about that, I, I can't think of a better example than the Apostle Paul. Paul went from being a persecutor of the church to a proclaimer of Jesus Christ. And he you know, went to Damascus to arrest Christians. And he came back from Damascus preaching the gospel. And just amazing uh, people who, you know, who couldn't understand what made this change. What made this difference in this man, Saul, as he was known then. He became known as Paul. And, and folks, I can say the same thing about some of you. I can look at some of you and say, you know, I've seen a great difference. I've seen a great change. And, you know, the one thing I can assure you of, it is, it is that uh, it is Jesus Christ in you. It is Jesus Christ in you that makes all the difference. And so, uh, don't mistake this, because some people today will be content to merely be religious. Some people today will be content to merely sit in church and to say, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a churchgoer. I'm a Christian. And folks, to be in church doesn't make you a Christian. To be you know, active in church, to be baptized or to walk the aisle or, or any of those outward things we do, that's not necessarily what it is. It's, it's about what happens in the heart. And, and so as we think about what happened to, to Saul, well... You know, one day he stood there and he held the coats of all those who picked up rocks and they bashed Stephen's head in with them. And they killed him. The first Christian martyr. And he held their coats and he stood there and, and gave approval and, and encouraged that. And then he was involved in others. And, and uh, so he went from, from literally being a murderer to being set free. And so may I just say to you today, it does not matter what you've done or where you've been or who you are. You know, I've heard people say, well, preacher, you don't, you don't understand. You don't know what I've done. And I don't know what others have done. I don't know what you've done. But I don't have to know. I just know that when Jesus died on the cross and He shed His blood, He shed His rich, royal, regal blood for you and for me, and He paid the price. And when He cried out from the cross and He said, it is finished. He literally said, paid in full. And I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is able to cleanse you of every stain, of every sin that you've ever done. And there isn't anything that's outside of His grace. You say, well, what if I've committed the, the unpardonable sin? You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be asking the question. You wouldn't be worried about it. You would not be. I promise you, when you pass by God's 
God's deadline and when you cross over that threshold and you say no to God for the last time and God quits dealing with you, you'll never think about it again in this life. It won't even cross your mind. Or if it does, it'll pass quickly. But today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. And so I want to encourage you that uh, uh, we need to be people who are, who are born from above. Not just folks going through the religious motions. And uh, so let's look at this verse together. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. I'll bet some of you will want us learn this verse in your memory work. Let's stand together as we read this verse together in honor of the reading of God's Word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful today for the Word of God. We're thankful for the Gospel of the Lord Jesus that still saves men's souls and sets people free from sin and guilt and and despair. And Lord, we thank You that You still change lives today. And God, we just thank You, Lord, that You do not change, Lord, no matter uh, how what the culture does, what our society does, Lord, You do not change. And we thank You that You are the answer to the, to the needs of people all around us. And so, God, we just give You praise and glory. Lord, we thank You that You have met the need of our heart, Lord, all those of us who know You. And God, we just thank You and praise You. And Lord, we ask if there's even one today who doesn't yet have a relationship with You, Lord, I pray You'll speak to that heart and draw them to Yourself and show them that You're true, that You're real. And Lord, show them that they need You. Lord, save them today. And Father, we, we just want to give You all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for You alone are worthy. And we pray together and ask You to be glorified and magnified in this time. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's a celebration Sunday. And I want to tell you, if there's anything that's a, a celebration day, it's, it's this verse right here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. And I want us to think about this for a second. I want us to just consider, what does it mean if any man is in Christ? What does it mean to be in Christ? Well, that's a pretty good answer right there. Saved. She said, Georgia said it's saved. It means you're saved. You, okay. All right. Well, you know, this is a great question. And honestly, uh, today you'll find a lot of confusion. Because when you tell somebody, oh, I'm saved, some of these folks in this world today will look at you and say, really? Saved from what? What does that mean? And, you know, if we don't, if we don't, begin to put this into language that other people can understand, we're going to continue to struggle. They're going to continue to struggle because they're not versed in, in the way we talk. And uh, uh, I believe it was, it was in Sunday school this morning, someone shared that they heard an interview with a, a young person that just said, just said straight out, being interviewed, said, Christians are crazy. Christians are crazy. To which I would... Just say, we're probably not crazy enough. 
But folks, people are going to look at you funny when you identify as a Christian. We need to be ready to explain what it means to be saved. I like the word rescued. Jesus rescued me. Because that communicates. And I was, I was in a mess. I was in a bind. And Jesus rescued me out of that. And, uh, well, to think about being in Christ. Because this is the way that Paul speaks many times in many places of what it means to be a Christian. And, and basically, it means that you've been saved. It means that you've been born again. It means you've been born from above. The Spirit of God has done a work in your heart. And that's the key, is that it's not something that we do. You know, we, we, we hear people say, oh, uh, so-and-so found the Lord. Or somebody got religion. Or, you know, things like that. Well, you know, that's given us way too much credit. You know, salvation is God's work within the heart of a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. It's, it's God's work where He saves us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He regenerates is the term we use sometimes. He regenerates us. He brings us to life. So when it says we're in Christ, well, yeah, it's just one way of saying that we're, we're saved. We're a Christian. We've been born again. It means that the Holy Spirit of God has come and He's just blown up our old self. And He's exchanged our old self for a brand new one. And, and so to be in Christ, well, it means we are committed to Jesus Christ. To be in Christ means that you are committed to His church, His body of believers. If you are in Christ, it means that you are committed to His work. And you see, that's one of the things I want to just say to, to all of us today, but especially to those who are being baptized. Now that you're saved, now that you're obeying the Lord and you're walking and in faith and you're taking that step of obedience and you're being baptized, now you need to understand your job is to become a part of this work. Your job is not to sit in a pew occasionally and hear a sermon and put a couple bucks in the plate. Your job is to become a part of the work of making disciples. Jesus said to to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, look, that's not something that, well, that's what we hired you for, preacher. Well, bless your heart, because uh, you're not going to get much. I can't do it. I'll just be honest with you. I can't do what needs to be done. And so, uh, that's not the way God set this up. I, my job is to equip the saints for ministry. It's to try to prepare you and get you motivated and ready and, and get you involved and engaged in ministry. But folks, the, the body of Christ is where the ministry happens. It's you guys. You're all involved. And you guys who are getting baptized today, I want to encourage you uh, look, God didn't save you so that you could be a, a trophy on His shelf. God saved you so that He could use you. He saved you so that you could become an instrument in His hand. He saved you so that you could be used by Him. That you could be, literally become His hands and His feet. And you can serve. You can give. You can become a part of this work. 
And I want to encourage you to because this church needs that. Every church needs that. I've heard it said that most places 20% of the people do about 80% of the work. But may I just say to you that the work doesn't get done just because it needs to get done. The work gets done because people say, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to be involved in His, in His work. And I'm willing to give my time. I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that others can, can be... You know, look, look at what we're doing today. We're celebrating what God has done in our church over the summer. Now, you know, we're not done with the summer yet. We've still got day camp. And we've still got another month, really, and, and uh, maybe three more months of summer. Hopefully not. But, um, you know, man, we, wanna, we do want to celebrate that. But folks, that's, that's the body of Christ ministering, touching hearts, changing lives, touching young people, making a difference. So um, when we think about this, I just want to encourage you that, that to be in Christ, well, it's much more than just saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. No. The Lord calls us to be all in. He calls us to be completely sold out for Him. And I want to challenge you today. If you're not sold out for Jesus Christ, I want to ask you, what are you sold out for? Because you're selling out for something. You're giving yourself away to something. What is it? What is it that's so good? What is it that's so much better than the Gospel of Jesus Christ? that sets men free, that, that changes people's lives, that, that gives them peace in their hearts and, and sets them uh, free from the struggles that they've had. I, what's better than that? I don't know of anything better. I want to I challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to push you a little bit. I want you to spur you on a little bit here. That Let's don't just be Christians. Let's be disciples. Let's be followers of Jesus. Let's live it. Let's do it. And, and I've, seen, I've seen a lot of you get involved and, and do this thing. And it's awesome. It's exciting. Well, I think a part of, of being in Christ is it's positional. Um, to be in Christ doesn't mean you're perfect. As my object of, of evidence right there, I'll offer you myself. I'm, I'm far from perfect. I fail every single day. I'm in Christ though. But that's my position. And God is working on me to, to bring me to where I need to be spiritually, practically, daily. But to be in Christ, well, I mean, think of it this way. Before you came to Christ... You were not in Him. I'm not in that room anymore. I'm outside the room. You guys are in the room. I'm not in the room. But one day I came to the door, which is Jesus Christ, the Bible says. When we think about the Gospel, Jesus Himself is the doorway into heaven. There's only one way in. And it's Jesus Christ. And when I opened my heart up to Him, when I trusted Him with my life, when I repented of my sins and I turned to Him and I asked Him to forgive me, then suddenly I found myself in Christ. 
And the Bible says that in Him we live and move and have our being. And so now, everywhere I go, everywhere I am, whatever I do, I am in Christ. Not because of me, not because of how good I am, anything I've done. It's just simply that I've turned my life over to Him. And He's saved me. He's changed me. And He's continuing to change me. But now, I am in Christ. Paul says if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Well... Let's think about that for a moment. He says, if any man... Now, let me just give you one thing here on this verse. The biggest biggest word in this whole verse. I don't know if you spotted it yet. I mean, the biggest word. What is it? If. You're right. The biggest word in this verse is that little word, the second word, if. That's the biggest word. Because you see, not everybody is in Christ. Some folks are still outside of Christ. They're still separated from God by their sins and their trespasses. The Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. But that Christ has made the way for us. He's opened the doorway for us. He's given us the opportunity. And He's speaking to our hearts today. He's saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open the door, I will come into him. Look, Christ is there. And, and you can, you know, you can look at this a lot of different ways, but I want to just say, um, no, not everybody's saved today. Not everybody will be saved. But if any man is in Christ, are you in Christ today? Does that describe you? Say, well, I prayed a prayer. Well, Let me put it to you this way. Are you trusting with your whole heart that Jesus Christ died on a cross for you and paid your price so that you could be saved? Are you trusting in that today? Because, folks, that's what it means to be saved. You know, I think a lot of people have prayed prayers and and some people have been saved probably and, and they're still praying prayers trying to be saved. And once you get saved, you're saved. But Romans 8 tells us that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you're saved, the Spirit of God will help you to know it. He will speak to your heart. He will show you. And that's my prayer for you today is that if you're a child of God, that God will speak to your heart and He'll say, yes, you're one of mine. But if you're not a child of God, my prayer is that the Spirit of God will speak to your heart and He will say, you need to be saved. You're not saved. You're lost. And if your life ended today, you would not be ready for eternity. You would not be prepared. Well, it's that big word, if. But then notice the second thought in this verse. It says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Now that word new there, it's a Greek word. It just means something that hasn't existed before. It's not like talking about you got a, uh, a new hairdo, you know, from Virginia or somebody, or Tara or, you know, one of our other wonderful hair people. No, this is something brand new. This is something that didn't exist before. 
This is not something that's been retooled and reshaped and refigured and, and we've turned over a new leaf. No, this is something brand new that God does in our heart. When you get saved, God brings life into us that wasn't there before. And so you're literally a new person when you get saved. Isn't that good? And I don't know about you, but boy, I needed that. And I still need that. It's pretty awesome to, to realize. And then uh, the other word there is creature. And the word creature literally means creation. Okay? Uh, what does it say in Ephesians 2.10? For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which He hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's created us. He's, we are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece, if you will. And, and He's done this and He's doing this for a reason. He's saving people for a purpose and a reason. He didn't just put you here so that you could have a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling today. No. He's put you here on this planet and He's given you the gifts and talents and abilities and the resources that you have so that you can be useful in the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you to become a kingdom person. I, 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 don't, I, I, want you to, I want you to be thinking in terms of not the American dream, because in many ways that's flawed. In many ways it's false. But I want, to, I want to encourage you to be thinking in terms of the kingdom of God and that we've been blessed for a reason. We've been blessed to be a blessing. You know, when we give money to uh, that orphanage in India or we give money to, to various missions offerings and things that we do, man, what a, what a blessing that is that, that we're going to be able to, to fund ministry. People are going to come to Christ through what we do. Well, hey, when we go to Memphis, man, what a blessing to know. We're in this world. We're part of this world. And you may try to isolate yourself and, and pretend that it doesn't matter. It matters. You and I are a part of this world. And we better get into this world. We better get the salt out of the salt shaker. And we better become useful in the kingdom of God. Because why? Because the world is dying and going to hell around us. And we're not going to save the world. This world is a sinking ship. The world is going down. The only question is, what about all those people who are drowning literally today spiritually? Is anybody out there throwing them a life preserver? Is anybody reaching out to them with the love of Jesus and offering them hope? Is anybody? And folks, that's what we're called to. So, I want to encourage you. There's a lot of these lost old creatures out there that need Christ. That need a new creation done in their hearts. And then notice this as we wrap up here. He says, old things are passed away. What an awesome thing this is for us as believers. Old things are passed away. That means my old life that means some of those things that I look back at and I'm embarrassed by. I'm ashamed of. Some of those things, hey, I, you know, they, they still bug me when I think about them, but I also know that they are under the blood of Jesus Christ. They've been washed clean. They've been forgiven. Praise God. Man, that's reason for celebration. 
old things are are passed away. They're 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 done. We're we're through with that. And he says, "Behold." And it's the idea, "Hey, look here. Pay attention to this. Behold, all things are become new." God is in the work of changing us. And in some ways when we come to Christ, there's change that's immediate. There's other parts of the change that's gradual and it's daily and it's it's harder. But oh, I'm going to tell you, when you come to Jesus, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you won't fail. But it does mean that you're in Christ. One of the things that happens in baptism is that we identify with Jesus Christ, with who He is, and with what happened to Him. You know, when Jesus was baptized, He came to the Jordan River. John the Baptist was out there baptizing. and Jesus came and said, I want to be baptized. John looked at Him and said, Wait, I think you need to be baptizing Me. And Jesus said, No, let it be this way. Allow it to be this way because it's important for us to fulfill all righteousness. It's important for us to do this right in the eyes of, of all these people. And all. And the, the thing about it, John was preaching the baptism of repentance. He was saying, you need to repent of your sins. And he was talking to tax collectors and prostitutes and soldiers and, and all you know segments of society. And people were coming and they were being baptized in the Jordan River in order to show that they were repenting of their sin. And Jesus came. And Jesus had no sin. Jesus was the perfect, sinless Son of God. And He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to repent. He didn't have to be baptized. But He identified with all those people. Why? I believe because He wanted them to know He was being obedient to the Father. But I believe also because He wanted to identify with them even in their sinfulness, because one day He would take their sins on His own body and He would hang on a cross and He would die for their sins. He would pay their price. Well, I want to encourage you today, wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, maybe you're a long-time Christian, been saved a lot of years. That's great. We met some folks in Memphis, been saved... What, that one lady who's 89 said she was saved when she was 13 years old. That's a lot of water under that bridge. And the Lord had been faithful to her. The Lord had blessed her. I want to tell you, that's great. If you're saved and you've been saved, that's awesome. But I want to encourage you to stay plugged into the, to the work of the Gospel. If you're still sucking air, you've still got a purpose for being here. You got a reason for being here. Don't check out on me. Don't pull the senior citizens card out on me and say, uh, "Pastor, I think you're supposed to give me a discount because I'm." No, no, that don't work here. God doesn't have a retirement plan, and so I want to encourage you to, until He takes you home to glory, I want to encourage you to be involved as best you can, as much as you can, in every way that you can, to be involved in the work of ministry. And young people, I want to challenge you to be a servant today. We're going to have lunch together here in a little while. And you can be all about your own self and about your, your needs.
but I want to encourage you to be about the needs of others. And I want to encourage you to be a servant as we, we go to eat in a few moments. And uh, look out for others. Uh, I was reading the story of, of John Newton. John Newton was a young man when he was pressed by the British Navy. He was basically forced into the British Navy. And he was put on a ship sailing. And before long, he found himself on a slave ship. And then he became a first mate on a slave ship. And then he became a captain of a slave ship, hauling slaves from Africa to the colonies or wherever. But on one of those voyages, they were in a storm and the ship began to sink and it was taken on water and John Newton began to cry out to the Lord. He began to pray. And God worked. God miraculously caused the cargo that was in the hole to shift. And when it did, it covered the hole in the, in the hull and it stopped the leak. And the ship survived. John Newton survived. And that was the beginning of his spiritual pilgrimage. He said later he didn't think he was truly saved until later, but that was the beginning point. And God began to work on him. He was still involved in slaving. And he was still involved in that. He was still invested in it for a while, even after he got out of, out of sailing. But eventually God broke his heart over the fact that he had ever been involved in that evil trade. And God saved that man and set him free. And John Newton went on to, to be a, a pastor. He was an Anglican, an evangelical Anglican pastor. And uh, they had to build on a gallery in their church to host the people who would come to hear him preach because people loved to hear him preach. And he was known for encouraging and helping others. There was a, another Anglican priest that had moved in in another church nearby and, and he was instrumental in leading that man to Christ. He was a professional priest, if you will. A career priest. And John Newton helped him to put his faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the kind of guy he was. And, and he was known like that. And, and everybody looked at, at all those things. He became involved with a guy named William Wilberforce who was in Parliament and who was uh, uh, involved in the abolition uh, movement to outlaw slavery. And in 1809, they saw the, the end of slavery through an act of Parliament in the entire British Empire. It completely shut down slavery. And John Newton was, was greatly involved in that. And he was ashamed of his, his role earlier in his life, what he had done. Much like we are ashamed of some things in our life. But Christ set him free. And so, one day, he had a, he had a poet in his church named William Cowper. Some of you will recognize that name from your, from your hymnal. But one day, John Newton sat down and he wrote the words... That became a song. He wrote several, but this is one that we still know. And he wrote these words. He said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Folks, that's what it means to be in Christ. It means that Jesus takes all that baggage and all that junk and He washes it away. And He gives us a brand new life. And He changes us. And it's amazing. It's, it's wonderful. I want to recommend it to you. If you've never been saved, I want to invite you to trust Jesus Christ today as your, your Savior and your Lord. 
And to do that, you just put your faith in Him. You just say, Lord, I'm trusting in You, and I turn from my sin and my self, and God, I can't do it. I'm asking You to forgive me and cleanse me and wash me. And the Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if that's you today, it doesn't matter how old you are. All that matters is that the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. If He is, you'll know it. You will know it. Let's bow our heads. We're going to have a moment of invitation. And if God is speaking to you about being a new creature, about being saved, maybe you've prayed a prayer before, or you've done whatever that... Look, the important thing is, do you have a peace and an assurance in your heart that if you died today, that you would go to heaven? If you don't, I want to encourage you to, to do whatever you need to do to settle that issue, to find God's peace. So whatever you feel God laying on your heart, if it's to come and to have prayer here at the front, that's fine. Come to me and, or come to someone else and say, I need, I need to get this settled. Maybe it's to come to me after the service and say, Preacher, I really need to talk to you. That's fine. Do it. I'd love to talk with you. Maybe there's some Christians here who would say, You know, I'm, I feel like I am saved. I feel like I have been forgiven. But I haven't been serving my Lord like I should be. And I want to be use, useful to Him. Well, I want to suggest to you it starts at the altar where you lay down your life. You can make an altar there where you are. You can come to this front and make it an altar. Whatever you want to do. But, but begin this thing by giving it to God and giving up yourself, surrendering yourself to Him. Father, in this moment, we just pray that the Lord Jesus will be lifted up and that every person will be drawn to Him. Lord, wherever we are today, whatever's going on in our life, Father, if there's sin in our heart, we're Christians, but there's sin in our heart and our life, God, convict us so strongly that we can't, can't leave it there. God, draw us back to the cross. Draw us back to Yourself and cleanse us today. And Father, if we're, if we're not saved, God, draw us to Yourself and show us that we need to be saved. We need You. Give us grace, Lord, to open up our heart to You, even right now, to cry out to You and say, Oh God, I need You. Lord, I'm lost. I'm a sinner, Lord. But I know Jesus died for me. And today I receive You, Jesus. You tell Him today from your heart. Open up your heart to Him and trust Him with all your heart. Father, I pray that You just give us freedom in this moment. Lord, give us freedom in the power of Your Holy Spirit. Rebuke the enemy from us. And bind him from being able to distract or to, to deceive or to hinder the work of your Spirit. And Father, we know that you're able. We pray that you'll draw us to yourself now.